0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. I'm Jamison Coughlin, senior editor of LNG. I'm talking to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the heart of the Marcellus and Utica shale plays. The aim of our podcast is to explore the issues that matter most to North American natural gas and beyond. I want to uh, use this episode today to talk about some of the major pipeline setbacks we've seen lately in the United States and take a different angle to discuss how all these problems getting infrastructure built, particularly in Appalachia, where I'm located, could ultimately impact U.S. LNG exports. I just started some reporting uh, for a story on this angle, but I think I have enough to, to give our listeners a brief overview of some of the concerns I'm hearing about how all this could relate to exports. Uh, It's no secret that it's been a rough few weeks for pipeline projects in the United States. Uh, The Atlantic Coast Pipeline was canceled. The Dakota Access Pipeline is is sort of in limbo at the time of this recording in in late July as it works through legal issues after key permits were were vacated. And and it's been a tough path for other projects in recent years, mostly in the Northeast, uh, like the Mountain Valley Pipeline and Penny's pipeline have faced uh, significant resistance. They've dealt with environmental opposition, legal challenges, uh, and regulatory delays. Farther south, even in a pro-pipeline state like Texas, there's surprisingly been some resistance to gas infrastructure. Uh, Look at the Permian Highway pipeline, uh, which has faced opposition from cities and and landowners in, in the hill country. So when does all this start trickling down to second wave LNG export infrastructure and subsequent facilities. If it does trickle down, will it be difficult to get feed gas to the plants if new or expanded pipelines to serve them are, are also challenged? So environmentalists have ramped up their fight. Uh, against natural gas pipelines in recent years, and they're finally winning some important battles. Public perception has also shifted, and natural gas is is not viewed as favorably as as it once was. So future waves of of LNG export projects could be subject to uh, a tougher permitting environment. Many of the second wave facilities already have their key federal permits and and, and export licenses, but they'll still need other federal, state, and local approvals. Uh, We have an election coming up in November, and and things could also look very different after that. Um, I'm told the need for these additional approvals could create a challenge for new export terminals, but it doesn't mean these projects will be stopped outright if they run into more resistance. It, It just might slow things down a bit. You're also a lot less likely to see significant resistance along the Gulf Coast, where most of these facilities are planned, and where they enjoy uh, more support. Even still, uh, project developers have almost certainly taken notice of the opposition's success. Um, outside of the Gulf Coast, uh, it has become exceptionally challenging to get infrastructure projects completed. Uh, beyond the Northeast, you don't have to look any further than Jordan Cove, LNG, in Oregon, which has hit repeated regulatory snags and faced a lot of opposition, to name one example. But I'm told the bigger concern for export development right now is in the Appalachian Basin. Uh, and to be clear, takeaway capacity... Is sort of overbuilt up here right now. But given ACP's cancellation and some of the other projects that haven't materialized, like the Constitution pipeline, which was also canceled, there could be bottlenecks up here in the next five years or so, from what I'm hearing in some of my conversations. If MVP doesn't get built, that could happen sooner. Uh, you know, the basin is still producing over 30 billion cubic feet a day. Uh, And if gas becomes stranded in Appalachia, that that could not only cause prices to spike elsewhere, but export facilities along the Gulf Coast would be cut off from this very cheap gas. It's difficult to gauge exactly how much Appalachian gas is, is being consumed by LNG export facilities. There are connections to Cove Point, to be sure, but the the picture is murkier when Gulf Coast facilities are are considered, according to East Daily Capital, about 10 billion cubic feet a day of Appalachian gas is moved into Southeast markets, where it moves in in various directions, I- including toward export facilities. So that's a lot of gas, but you know you you might not see um, a huge bump in prices if those supplies eventually decline, and LNG would would still be competitive, but Cheaper supply is always better for export facilities. And that's something we're, we're seeing right now in this down market where it's uneconomic at current prices to, to move American cargoes uh, overseas. The stuff really isn't anything imminent. It's, it's just something to think about as we consider, you know, some of the challenges that gas infrastructure has faced in in the U.S. here in, in recent years. You know, there's plenty of capacity right now along the Gulf for ample feed gas. If Northeast takeaway becomes, you know, increasingly constrained, there would also likely be a supply shift where plays like the Haynesville and Eagleford provide more gas for exports. And you can't forget, too, that it's also a lot easier to get New intrastate infrastructure built in places like Texas and Louisiana, where only state regulators are involved. So, should the US LNG sector be in panic mode over all this? Uh, No, not at all. It's highly likely that its second wave projects and others will get built, but it's worth noting that it could take longer and gas might cost a little more. But LNG buyers are likely to consider the opposition to natural gas infrastructure projects if it continues to be a concern, which could weigh a bit on the competitiveness of US LNG. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. Natural Gas Intelligence is a price reporting agency that focuses on natural gas and LNG news, data, and price indexes for the North American markets. We believe that price transparency empowers businesses, economies, and communities, and this podcast is part of our effort to add to that transparency. If you have more interest in the global gas trade, please visit our website at natgasintel.com and check out our newest publication, LNG Insight. Until next time, stay safe and healthy.